Welcome one and all to Pick Up with Slam, the podcast that celebrates the wrestling matches that make us happy to be wrestling fans. I'm your host, Maria Fanning, my pronouns are she, her, and here, he is. And my wonderful guest for today's episode is right here with me. Let's meet them. Hi, uh, I'm Dare. Uh, they, he pronouns. Um, I'm a non-binary uh, writer, sort of amateur tabletop designer, um, and just all around uh, nerd for wrestling and video games and a million other things. Awesome, awesome. So, there, first question. Who is your favorite wrestler? Uh, if I have ooh, if I have to go old time, I'd probably have to say The Undertaker, which is a cop-out. But, um, yeah, no, Undertaker was always my favorite wrestler growing up and then just always managed to just stay enthralled by by the old man um, forever. Yeah, funny, that is actually the same answer to the person the first episode I get. Well, the, the episode that I had to cut due to reasons <laughs> I explained on Twitter, but the... Uh, this that was the same answer and to be honest he was my favorite as well when i started like he was the first like guy who was like i need to see yeah. all of his matches after watching him at wrestlemania 23 like because i my mom and my grandmother also like they were big wrestling fans of like their respective eras um so like i i was born in 96 so i sort of grew up right as like the attitude era was getting started and my mom was just watching it so, like, at a very early age, I remember just seeing, like, The Rock and Stone Cold and stuff, and I just got sucked in ever since. I was a bit of a late starter. My siblings were really into it, and my cousins, but I only started around when I was, like, 14, which, again, actually, WrestleMania 23 was the first show I saw. For me, it was just, like, I've had on-and-off periods with it, like, you know, the quote-unquote PG era kind of threw me off when they, like, had a celebrity, like, every other week of Raw and stuff like that, but, uh. Yeah, no, generally I've always at least, I always at least check in to make sure the wrestling world is not on as much fire as it could be. Yeah, it's been a rough go, but um, yeah. Oh, yeah, just 2020 has been a wild year in general for everything, but yes, the wrestling world has really had some uh, fun implosion. What would be the best wrestling show or your favorite wrestling show that you've seen, like a pay-per-view, even like a really good episode of Raw? Oh, that is that is really tough, honestly. Um, whew, favorite wrestling uh, show I've ever. I'm trying to. I'm I'm trying to think. because uh, that one's just that's that one's a, a tough question. Um, because like some of like there's a lot of matches that make certain ones really special to me. Um, like. You know, the classic, like, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania series. So I remember those WrestleManias pretty well. I think probably the show I remember the most, and I don't know if this is for good reasons at all, um, is, like, WrestleMania, like, 23. Oh, same. Um, in particular, is one. I, I remember very well. Um, but, yeah, no. There's other, like, really good episodes. Um, one of my favorite episodes of Raw was that, like, the Jeff Hardy Undertaker uh, ladder match because it was a weird match that came out of nowhere and it happened to be great. It was like, it's one of my favorites. I got this uh, on the subject of Jeff Hardy versus Undertaker ages ago. I got this ladder match DVD set and it was like, it was like my pride and joy for Christmas, like my favorite Christmas present. And the moment I got <laughs> it, my brother looked at it and he was a huge Jeff Hardy mark. And he just looked at it and was like, yeah, we're watching this match first. You're going to sit down and watch this with me. Yeah, no. I, I remember watching that one, like, live as a little kid, and I was living and dying with that match. Um, just because, like, Jeff Hardy is probably up there amongst some of my other favorites because 
every little kid loves Jeff Hardy. Wild hair colors, and he throws himself true, off true. of everything. It's easy to love that. But, um, yeah, that episode was definitely one I remember very fondly with growing up. Uh, starting back to WrestleMania 23, like, I just, I wasn't even planning to watch it. I just wandered into the room while my brother and cousins were watching it, and they bought the whole pay-per-view live, and we were like, it's more Irish, so it was on, like, 12 to 4 a.m. is when pay-per-views were on for Ooh. us. So I just oh, wandered yeah. in, and I was like, okay, this looks fun. There's ladders, I'll stay in for, you know, the Money in the Bank match. And I was just enraptured the whole time for that match. Like, it's still probably one of my favorite matches, even if I'm not sure how well it holds up. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a good WrestleMania. Uh, and, like, the wi- it also has the wild one of, like, huh, yeah, that's also the Donald Trump WrestleMania, too. Oh, fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah that's the weirdest part, because it's... Like, that's a pretty solid WrestleMania, but it also has all of this weird, well, I guess the United States president, that's his, that's his WrestleMania, uh, because we live in hell worlds. On a more wrestling topic, that was actually the last one that Ben Wall was at. Oh, God, was it? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. yeah, no. Oh, my. Him versus MVP. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, that is, a. Uh... WrestleMania 23 may be the most cursed WrestleMania, actually. That is actually a very good point. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is when they had. This is like also post ECW reboot, so they have a match here. Yeah, like the new breed, like well, maybe mean like Elijah Burke and Marcus Corbin was that their name? Yeah, they were like I believe like when he like when Marcus Corbin hit the pounds, it was like one of my like it was like I was like I never knew this guy really too much. I hadn't seen much matches of him. When he hit that, I was like, oh my god, that is so cool! Like I just love that move so much, and he did it so well. Yeah, no, like he was a really talented guy who just happened to be on ECW. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this this was a. I, I need to rewatch twenty three now. I think just to reassess how wild it was as a WrestleMania. I'll have you back on for a special, or we just like try to see if it holds up besides the cursed elements. Ah, uh, boy, because there's some real cursed matches here. There's there's the Great Colleague Kane one where they tried to like echo the Andre Giant Andre Hulk Hogan match too, and they also had the tie in for Kane's movie See No Evil, where he has the big Hulk and chain. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, gosh, man. The Ruthless Aggression Era was a dumpster fire in many ways, and I kind of love it. Mm. One match oh, is completely off-topic, but since you mentioned Greg Kali, and whenever he comes up, I have to mention it. His match against Big Show was far too good to be what it was. Like, you were, like <laughs> at the time, it's like, oh my god, two top three big guys fighting each other. Like I was like 12 at the time, so I thought this was great. Uh, I was four, I mean, 15 at the time, so I was like, this is going to be awesome. And I looked at it again, I'm like, you know what, this move... Even, like, as a person who realized, you know, Kali wasn't a great wrestler at all, like, this actually match held up well enough for what it was. I do have a soft spot for the great Kali. I don't, like, I lived in, I was an army brat for a few years, so I lived in Germany for about three years. Um, and, like, for some reason, I guess WWE probably had to deal with the military or something. But, like, all of the WWE pay-per-views would show up, like, the day after for free. Like, they would just all be available. So, like, I watched a lot of his, like, really bad heavyweight championship run. But, like, I did have a soft spot for that dumb Punjabi prison match as a little kid. Because I was like, yo, this is a bamboo cage. That's sick. It, it was just, like, the most, like, you know, substance or, like, style over substance. And when you're, like, 12, you're like, I don't care. It looks cool. 
it's uh, the epitome of like wrestling at its worst and best, and I love it. Even before I got into wrestling, like I remember, I just like he was looking wrestlers like Ultimo Dragon, and think like, oh god, I don't, I'm not into this, but he oh, looks god. so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, right, like uh, Jushin Liger as well. Like that mask is ridiculous, and I love every aspect of it. Uh, final question of the intro: um, Do you have a personal favorite style of match? This can be like you know hardcore, ladder, or even like a like storyline the match you know like two like kind of brawlers going against each other i i could i'd love a good match where there's like a lot of high emotion um i i can enjoy like a good i can enjoy a good garbage hardcore match but there's a like i think the the kofi match uh which we'll get to later is like really i think a great example of like yeah there's just a lot of emotion going through this match because it like it's something that is a good conclusion to a really good build is probably, like, my favorite type of match. Stuff like the Gargano and, like, Champa, like, matches where it's clearly a really... It's clearly all about, like, the end of this storyline and the emotion behind it. I'm a sucker for. Yeah, I, I completely understand it. Like, there are some of my favorites as well. Like, one of my favorite matches, like, storylines... I actually kind of referred a bit to the whole, like, Gargano uh, Champa rivalry was their rivalry against the Revival in NXT. Like... I remember when I saw their first title match, I was like, this is like I'm a little kid again, and I don't know what's going to happen, and it feels real to me, and that's what the first match of them, them four felt like. Yeah, no, they they had some a, some good series. The Revival was criminally underutilized in the WWE, and like, I can't wait to see the stuff they're going to do independently. Yeah, they're currently on AEW, FTR are called. Yeah, yeah, no, I know they, I know they have a list of like, tag teams they want to go to and i know young bucks is like high on that list but there's a lot of really good indie ones they also want to fight even some impact guys oh them versus Marvel city machine ones would be amazing i was just thinking it <laughs> a bit surprised it didn't go to nwa because like their whole team is basically like you know old school like very old school 70s 80s wrestling they they're very old school southern wrestlers and like i i appreciate the hell out of that too same um yeah, I, w- I would love to... I'm just excited to see what they'll be doing. Like, p- part of loving wrestling is also acknowledging WWE as hell for so many of the best wrestlers. And, like, loving to see them spread their wings in other places. Oh, you won't get an argument from me there. Like, I... There was a list. It was, like, it was like a joke. Paul going, like, the worst type of wrestling fans that had, like, stuff like, you know, oh, the fan who tries to start a chant that won't go, the fan that makes jokes all the time. And this one of them was, like, a crappy wrestling fan. And I'm like, what's this? And they got, like, it's a fan who was just into, like, really indie wrestling. And I'm like, fuck, is this me? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it. You gotta love the indie stuff. It's. I mean, I also. I follow you on Twitter, so I also know your feelings about like tabletops and stuff too. And you are indie till you die, and I respect it. <laughs> like, and I, I, I am not as indie as like you are when it comes to stuff like this. But I do legitimately have a deep love and respect of like independent stuff, just because of like the ability to spread its wings and not be like tied down by like the corporate aspect of it well there are some very good like matches in the Wii which is where we'll segue to the ma- to the main match we're going to be discussing today Calvin Kingston versus Daniel Bryan Wrestlemania 34 or 5 I should take that down 35 I, I just rewatched them today just to make sure I was fresh yeah Calvin Kingston versus Daniel Bryan Wrestlemania 35 so the build-up was unreal for this match, I remember, like, just watching old promos for it and even fan-made promos for it. Yes. It is It is maybe one of the best, I think, recent builds WWE has done in a while. 
um everything about it from like daniel bryan still being pretty fresh from the return to like immediately becoming like number one villain on smackdown like kofi kingston finally getting his time in the sun like even all the unnecessary vince mcmahon gauntlet matches all like really just helped push that feeling of like how against like Kofi Kingston, like everyone was, except for the fans and the New Day, of course. Mm. Well, my favorite moments was in the build up. It was like during the tag golden match of like you know Xavier and uh, Biggie in the tag golden to get Kofi's number one contendership. It was like the Usos are going against them, and he kind of said like, "Yeah, we re- like we respect you too much to put you through this, so we forfeit." And I obviously love their like series of rivalry, and that was like one of my favorite moments. Exactly. It's such a good acknowledgement, and, like, WWE is very bad of acknowledging the history of, like, wrestlers. Um, you know, they every time they pretend, like, Randy Orton versus John Cena is a match that has happened for the first time. But, like, when they really channel and talk about, like, the history that people have, it's great. Like, the Usos and the New Day have fought for each other's belts a million times. And, like, just acknowledging that, yeah, respect, it's so good. And then, like, Randy Orton versus John Cena, it's actually a very good match nearly every time. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, everything about that build, even, like, Daniel Bryan using the phrase B-plus player, uh, is, like, such a great but s- simple way of just showing how far he has fallen from, like, the people's hero. It's, everything about it is, like, a just amazing build um and then everything after is also just a really good match one thing i did love as well was that like the new day are always there like they never like turned on coffee which happens so often when a tag part tag person wins the title like and then it's like they were like just fully sporting them even like calling them out like saying yeah we want coffee to get a shot because he deserves it exactly yeah like uh and i think that is part of what makes the new day uh and like their genuine friendship work so well in the wwe um they feel like people who like i i cannot imagine a way in which there is a breakup that feels believable at this point in time even like if they go solo like even currently um kofi just what last week pretty much gave biggie his blessing to make a singles run because he's going to be out for a few weeks. I haven't keeping up with WWE, but that might make me keep up with them again because i'd love to see a biggie single run yeah like literally last week Kofi was uh talking like he's gonna be out for a few weeks I know uh Xavier Woods have been out for a while um so he was just like your time this is your time now and like I if they actually go through with the Big E singles push I'm gonna be incredibly excited oh you would so dig that but yeah no everything about the New Day as a team is so like and partially why I wanted to talk about it it's very much New Day has always been rooted in their blackness in a way that has been genuinely very pure and like WWE has a million issues with race and the treatment of uh, wrestlers of color whether there's like the very recent controversy with like uh, Trinity Fatu uh, not really getting the respect or like treatment she deserves or ACH yeah like everything about that uh, even with their the history of wrestling of like the nation of domination a group of black people who did not want to deal with racism and they were the bad guys in wwf like uh, like vince mcmahon's house of wrestling has always been really bad about handling race and it's 
I mean, a testament to the New Day don't have to, like, go by Vince McMahon's writing standards, and they are allowed to pretty much handle their characters their own way. But, like, they're such a great example of, like, brotherhood, both in the sense of, like, you know, fraternal, like, love, but also in that sort of sense of black unity. That is why I've always had a soft spot for them. No matter how much I'm, like, bored of WWE, I always have to check in and see what the New Day are doing. That's awesome. Like, I, I just, I want to say, like, this kind of, like, personal, I'm not keeping the podcast, but I just, I really enjoy, like, how enthusiastic you are this. It's honestly getting me, like, taking, like, when this is the one I want to watch some matches, because you're just really, like, giving me a nice feel for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I think, an incredible amount of just, like, unity and togetherness that makes, like, because, you know, with every, every tag team, there's always the inevitable someone goes someone gets too far alone and then there's a messy a messy like breakup in tons of the barbershop window exactly like barbershop window whether it's matt and jeff hardy fighting over a burned down house that happened in real life or like wwe is really bad when about like handling team breakups and sometimes you could just have tag teams still just like each other even if they go in separate directions and like that is the only, I think, way that the New Day break up that makes any sense is they literally just end up on different brands or something. But, like, their their enthusiasm, the audience's enthusiasm for that entire match, every, like, part of it, when they just cut to the back, uh, to, like, a TV in the background, you just see a lot of the people at WrestleMania who aren't fighting just watching the match and getting excited and living or dying with it is all just really sells the feeling of like this is Kofi's time he's been here for 11 years and he deserves a shot I remember they said like before like the match itself happened like before even the push was kind of finalized one of the most iconic Kofi iconic Kofi moments was the when he was in the Gauntlet match and he was like against AJ Styles in it and like AJ's like he proved yourself you did well no matter he went through three guys and Kofi just pushed him back going like no I've been waiting too long for this fight me and I just that like got me chills down my chest nearly so good uh like and it you know the and i think kofi is the example of like i think a great example of what wwe like how they don't treat mid-card wrestlers super well um because like kofi despite being called mr royal rumble he's never won a royal rumble but he's just there to look cool and then the second he does his cool spot they get rid of him like it he is a great mid carter who like when given that final push the audience had been ready for it for so long and like his very short championship run still managed to be a really fun and exciting one and like you know it, wwe has their style of of champ like the the very roman reigns uh drew mcintyre very big boy style but like i think kofi is a great example of like when you lean into those smaller guys you can have a lot of fun with it that the WWE audience, at least, is not used to seeing. Very true. Speaking of the match itself, what was kind of your favorite spot within it? Like, moment or particular move? Um, oof. Um, I think th- there's a very fun scene where, or, like, moment where, like, Brian is just stomping on Kofi and, uh, and, like, kicking him. And at some point, he's just, like, like, hits his... Kofi hits his chest and is like, kick me again. And, like, he is feeding into that energy. 
um it's like right when brian starts doing his like yes kicks just to mock the crowd um and for like that start of the mocking turning into the crowd getting behind kofi is just i think there everything about this match is a very fun parallel of like brian 2014 era versus like him playing the bad guy in 2019 and it's a very fun energy to uh like mess around with i remember like one thing like brian was like his whole character is kind of being like terrified of coffee kingston because as like coffee put it like you know you've been here before you've been on my side you know what happens next exactly uh and like him being afraid of like that sort of the the power that he's drawing from like the audience uh and like all of that just knowing i can't give this man an inch of momentum because I've been here at WrestleMania in a championship match, and I know what it's like when the crowd is behind you. You can do anything, and him just trying to like cut off any second uh, that Kofi gets to breathe was just a lot of fun. Like I did like as well that like they kind of showed like you know Brian was like the tall heel in the match, and that like every move he did was kind of redirecting Kofi's momentum to try instead of like generating his own. Yeah, it like so much of it was like just i can't i can't let him get a moment to breathe or have any sort of energy like i need this i need to keep the crowd deflated while like the entirety you have biggie and xavier just chanting for him and yelling for kofi the entire time inciting like the new day rocks chants um off the ring uh apron and just it's it's a very fun like i I, like i think it's a good example of what you can do with emotional wrestling without having to make one that's super technical because like it's not it's, it's not the the best match i think these two have had but i think just the sheer weight and energy it carries narratively is what makes it so uh entertaining for me i didn't wasn't really a fan of uh, eric rowan and daniel bryan's with like uh, like combo on that like in that storyline because it just felt weird to me but i did like i love when like uh, Big E and xavier hit the midnight hour and eric rowan in the outside ring to stop him for interrupting the match i felt like it was so like well done and execute with the move itself and then like immediately after them doing that move the first thing they do is they like check on kofi and hype him back up like so much of their their friendship just every time it gets a chance to shine feels like nothing but genuine and like the second kofi wins the first thing they do is they run in there and they embrace him and the three of them just are crying and it it's a very good thing of just like letting the emotions hit um and just let your champion celebrate and enjoy like the win it's it's like it's some of the best like good feeling wrestlemania moments where there's like we don't have to worry about what the next episode is going to be let's just focus on this very fun win that like someone has deserved for a long time they they bring out the kids they bring back the old leather belt just a very good match like and very good feeling match to have I loved, like, at the start, Leather Bell from Big He's like, oh, yeah, we'll show this to you when you win, not, like, if you win, just when you win, like, just the confidence to having them. Yes, just, we're, exactly, we're just, this is for you when this is over, don't even worry about it, you're gonna win. The boundless confidence and trust and faith in their, like, best friend, uh, like, the New Day's friendship is just what carries so much of that, like, build and, like, so much of that entire like run for me 
I remember like early on when I was watching Kofi, like I was always kind of a fan of Kofi, but the moment I got me really into him was his rivalry with Randy Orton, where I just had him like, you know. Oh, I remember that. That was a very fun series, yeah. Like just, it started off with him like stopping like Randy from throwing Cena out of the title, and then it just like resulted in like Kofi becoming a lot more like intense and like kind of like showing how great he could be. Yeah, like when you, when you give Kofi like, I think he, he's a great example of like the perpetual like mid-carder, the same like sort of care like the same sort of people like Rusev or I think Cesaro people who have been around forever and like they get to just sort of hang out but they don't they never get a chance to fight against like the heaviest hitters and when they do they have incredible matches but like they never get that chance to shine or if they do it's like one really cool match because I've always had a soft spot for Kofi just because you know it's very weird and rare for like like black wrestlers to get anything in the wwe um like you you have a very you have a couple of flavors of like you know you can get like really quiet intense guys like Ezekiel jackson or corvon or like even the mark henry of what like the end of his career where it's like i am here to simply be intimidating and not have much of a personality um but like kofi was always just like a very fun loving guy uh in like a time where there was just not a lot of that with black wrestlers um so i've always had a soft spot for him uh and then when you add the rest of the new day and they become this very colorful silly group of guys um who are still incredible performers uh i've i've been a a fan pretty much since they they started the gimmick that's awesome like um like i said like i'm i'm just really enjoying this talk because it actually is a really cool talk um is there any other matches of Kofi you'd like to spotlight, or is there any more stuff you'd like to say in the Daniel Bryan versus Kofi match? I want to make sure I'm not cutting you off too early. Honestly, like that entire build is just very, very highly recommended. Um, just because, like it, it is I think a very good build of here is someone who has finally been given like a shot, and here like sometimes with Vince McMahon himself coming out and like being utilized great as just like not even the comical heel but just in a piece like a piece of authority who's not going to give you the chance um and just the amount like Mm. the there's so many really good like almost victories kofi has in the entirety of that run-up whether it's the what is the elimination chamber match he had like the month before where he just very narrowly lost and like it's just a very fun build of like all the times he gets so close only for it to not happen only for him to finally get it all um so yeah i think everything about that build is just Mm. a really good one that i would highly recommend um yeah it's it's incredible i my personal favorite of the build i'd say would be the gauntlet match like you know the one where they have who determine uh the one to determine yeah. the entrance of Elimination Chamber, mainly because, like, Kofi originally started just, like, as anyone else, but then he just became so much about him, and he became, like, the strongest person, like, in it. Exactly. Yeah, like, once again, one of those rare times where WWE decides to just, like, listen to the fans, and it works immediately. Um, but, yeah, no, I think Kofi is just... I, Kofi is, I think, representative of not just, like not just himself as a wrestler, but I think that sort of upper mid-card area of wrestlers, of people who, like, with one good build or one good push could be, beca- like, could be a excellent uh, champion who just never get that shot. 
it's that same reason why people always got frustrated with Rusev or like any of the guys from the bar. Hell, Big E himself, like all fantastic wrestlers who have just been able to like hang out but have never been given any real push. My personal choice for that, like the person I want to see succeed so much is uh, Mustafa Ali. Exactly. Um, you know, and like hell, even people like Shinsuke who have had fantastic runs in other companies, like they came here for a reason. Let them do the things they do best and let them shine. I love Mustafa Ali and like I wish WWE would give him so much more. It's like this build is both emblematic of like the best and worst stuff and like why it's frustrating. Um, because WWE can be really good storytelling wise and then it can also have uh, just a weird cuckold subplot with Bobby Lashley for six months or whatever. <laughs> I'm very glad I wasn't watching during that time yeah. because it's hard to stories and it just sounded like, I'm like, how does this keep getting worse? Exactly. Like, you can do, I've seen you do good stories. Why? <laughs> it's, it's just that internal frustration. Uh, is there any other things you'd like to say in this before we move on? I just want, like I said, I want to make sure I'm not cutting you off too quickly. No, I think we're good. I'm I'm ready to talk about the next match. Cool. Uh, so the next match is one I brought on, which is from a company that is very hit and miss at times, but I actually really enjoyed this match. It was a Progress, a British promotion. Their biggest show, Hello Wembley. It was Ilya Dragunov versus Pete Dunne. So uh, what do you think of the match uh, there? Um, I, it was very, I think, it, it was just a very fun match, but also incredibly brutal, and I really did enjoy it. Um, yeah, like, and I, I admittedly don't know a huge, much, uh, like, a lot about Ilya Dragunov, uh, to be fair, but, uh, yeah, it was, I think, a very just fun match of two people beating the absolute piss out of each other i remember like when i was going in like watching the promo and all it gave me the real feel of like you know like how boxing has these big prize fights it kind of gave me that aesthetic and feeling yes i i would absolutely agree it did just feel like let's bring two just well-oiled machines and have them beat the absolute hell out of each other it's gonna get messy there's gonna be a lot of just head stomps and spitting and slapping and it's not gonna be pretty looking, but it's gonna be really fun to watch. Yeah, I did think it was like the you know like indie style gets that reputation for good or bad of being very high energy constantly, which I will admit has both virtues and faults. In that one, it always keeps you engaged, but at the same time, it's very easy to get sick of. Yeah, but yeah, I felt like this was more like it wasn't like PWG extent, where it's like everyone's doing shooting star presses every three seconds, but it was like very high energy you know like there was always a big move going on like the way it starts off with them just fighting on the outside suplexing each other off the steel steps stuff like that <laughs> yeah no i i do think it's it's a great match of like managing to keep the energy without having to do make it a spot fest uh just I, a lot of just good simple character work of uh dragon of like clearly just trying to rile up the crowd every like after every big move, just sort of screaming at them so they hate him with everything they have. Um, I, it's really good, simple character work that I really appreciated. Um, and Pete Dunne just... Like, it didn't also feel like it would be a blowout either. Um, and many times it felt like Pete Dunne was just managing to nearly skate by. 
because Dragunov was just that fucking good too. I did think it was very much a tweener versus tweener match as well, which I don't see too much of. But not like Pete Owens an arrogant piece of shit half the time, and like Dragunov is more like just this like very serious like very serious fighter. So I was like, you don't really know who was the good guy or who was the bad guy, and then just has the end them two just showing mutual respect to each other. Yeah, it was especially like as if the match went on. And Pete Dunne, clearly getting frustrated, eventually just resorts to just stomping on the man's head and just, like, trying to, like, bend his fingers back and just gets needlessly vicious simply because this man won't go down yet. And it was incredible. And I think it's a good way of, like, you know, uh, this person is not just the big hero man. He is someone who gets frustrated and is willing to fight a little dirty if he needs to to like prove himself and it was great i one bit like i was watching when i rewatched it and i was just like i do not enjoy this bit at all was the headbutt bits because it wasn't that was brutal it just came off as kind of like this is getting a bit ridiculous it was it was a little silly (laughs) um the the headbutting was a little silly but like i think the moment of like where pete dunn was just stepping on uh dragon hands and like just sort of slapping at him just was like needlessly brutal in a way that was very fun but like mm. yeah it feels like just a good car crash i the first match of really dragon i ever actually saw was in nxt uk he like answered cesaro's open challenge and it was actually a really good match it was uh, after cardiff show the takeover ah uh, nice i will have to watch more of it because that was a great showing from dragon yeah, I, I did kind of enjoy, like, I this is the only match I saw with that manager, but I did, like, Christian Michael Kobe as well, kind of just felt he was doing very well as a heel manager. Yeah, it, uh, and, like, you don't get much fun heel managers anymore, either. It it feels a little bit like a bygone era, and I love a fun heel. Do we just be like, let's get Paul Heyman again? <laughs> Gosh, yeah, they, I, I, you know, I, I'm a sucker for Paul Heyman, but I, I do love that sort of just shifty heel manager who's just gonna like try to bug the ref and like just you know mm. the type of guy who will pull at your heel while no one's looking and just like shrug the shoulders like i don't i don't know it's a very like classic type like a very heenan era manager that you just don't get too much of anymore and i really miss very true i felt like one thing i love about dragon as well is just whenever he takes a hit his body just bends and contorts in so many ways yeah He's really good at, like, just selling the impact of a hit. Um, I think at one point when I think Pete Pete Dunn almost was able to put him away, and he just, like, narrowly avoided the kick out. It, it was the one that he, like, tackled the ref at because of how close that call was. <laughs> uh, and he's just laying there sort of looks like he is nearly seizing uh, just by the sheer power. Um, and, like, yeah, it just was really good at selling the impact uh, of the hits he was taking. It also had one of my favorite spots in any match, and that, like, when I see it, I'll just always lose my mind, which is when they just sit across from each other and just start slapping each other. Yes. Uh, I I also completely marked out the second that happened. Like, it, it it's a simple bit, but I love it a lot. Yeah, basically, like, it was the tougher guy. It's just always, like... I just, I know, just like, when I see it happen, like, oh, yes, they're going to start slapping each other, it's going to be great. It, it's like, it's, I'd say probably the modern equivalent of, like, the old test of strength bit of, like, yeah, we're just going to sit here for a second and just unload on each other until one of us can't anymore. And it's a very, it's a very fun bit to do that, like, the crowds eat up. It, it is 
so much fun just to have two people. It, it's it, there's a very fun type of match when it is two arrogant people who are just like I'm the best and I am willing to break both mine and your body to prove it. And like I think that this match was a great great example of that. Awesome. Were you hoping for anyone in particular, or were you just like interested in seeing how the match played out? Um, you know I I. I started just going in with Pete Dunn because it's a name I recognize a bit more. Um, but, like, just watching the fight, I was like, damn, fucking Dragunov was really... I, I, like, the amount that he wanted it and, like, just how vicious both of them were going. I was like, whoever wins, this is... They have both done an incredible, incredible show. Um, it Like, so, by the end of it, I was just like, whoever wins clearly has earned it today. That's awesome. I did like one of my favorite like finishers I've only like since I've only saw him do it recently like when he was in progress it's still one of my favorite moves it's like his uh, torpedo Moscow where he just it's just the running headbutt like it's good it's real good yeah no I just uh and like I am more novice on uh, a lot of European wrestling I have seen a decent amount of New Japan and then like a lot of like you know american like fed aew a lot of like the big promotion stuff i'm very novice on njpw and like most japanese wrestling myself so we're kind of like dueling there i know a lot about european wrestling because i am european but it's recently fairly imploded so i need to see how that shakes out yeah yeah no i know um so like once i once the dust settles and the people who are allowed to wrestle and not monsters i would love to watch a lot more european wrestling um, because it, it is very fun and I think it does manage to have its own identity um, in like the way that like you can tell when something is one of the big promotions or you can tell something's New Japan I think like there's a certain uh, there's a certain energy of it that is like this is clearly just two two very European bastards ready to beat the hell out of each other that I was really enjoying same <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think we might start to close off there. I just have one more question. All right. Uh, is there any, well, I have, like, this is, like, a, I have a few default questions that are just, like, ask everyone at the end of it, but one, some of them were written before COVID really came down, so it was, like, upcoming shower match you're most excited for, which, but um, I decided to include alongside it older match you've been meaning to watch. Like, so is there any match, like, past or present or in the future coming that you're hoping to watch? Um... Whatever happens with this Big E push, I'm very excited to see. Um, I am very excited to see if they'll actually go through with it. Um, in terms of just, like, a match I would recommend or a match I've been really feeling, um, I think we could all use a little bit, a little silly. And I think, uh, especially because Dominic uh, Mysterio showed up recently, so I think everyone should rewatch the Custody Battle Ladder match. <laughs> Oh, fuck, I remember that. Because, uh, like, Dominic is now a young man and, like, old enough to show up on WWE as himself. And I feel like people should just remember there was a ladder match for his custody. <laughs> God, Eddie Guerrero scared the shit out of me during that ride, but he does his whole character during it. Because I was, like, 12 or 14 at that time and just terrified me because he was just so good at being, like, the one... Like, he could either be the most lovable guy in the world or, like, or, um be like the most like evil person and he was just so good at it I, he was he was very like i if not too many people i think are better than being able to like play the hero or the villain very well uh like Shawn michaels is clearly up there jericho i think daniel bryan has cut his teeth as like 
despite being like the most easy to love man ever being able to play like a hyper uh like capable heel or cowardly one i think like eddie is also just a master class of character work he he was one of my favorites growing up absolutely that's a wrap for today's discussion if you're interested in listening to more of these talks please follow the podcast on the listening app of your choice you can find me and the games i design under that iscal on twitter and h.io under the same name you can find my guest on uh well i'm Derek. you can find me on twitter at dbomb54 uh, capital D B O M B fifty four. Um, you'll mostly just find me rambling about uh, well a lot of politics now. Um, but uh, I'm also just working uh, on still making a independent Earthbound uh, tabletop game uh, and just a few other weird side stuff uh, like that. And if you like any of the matches we talked about today, maybe give them a watch.